All right. Um, hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that henceforth shall be known uh, as the Dollar Bill Appreciation Hour. I'm Max. And I'm JR. And we're not limiting ourselves to Marvel's dollar bill, either. Any dollar bill. Character. Character named dollar bill. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Damn. Wasn't there a dollar bill in the boys, too? Was there? I'm making that up. That's not real. Okay. Probably. Well, now I have to know. Uh, Anyway, how's it going? It's going had a bit of a week um yeah but i slept real hard last night and the night before and that was rad um had to skip the workout on thursday so i was bummed about that because i'd been doing really well and uh but yeah cleaned the shit out of my house yesterday cool yep and yourself? Uh, I had, I had some weird, so here's the thing. I, do you know what misophonia is? No. It is, it's a thing where soft noises drive you crazy. Um. Oh, like there's just a soft ticking somewhere and you can't fucking find it. A soft ticking or whatever. Like, it depends. Um, apparently most people who have it, uh, it's chewing related. Oh, and yeah. That's, that's my big thing. There are a lot of soft noises that drive me crazy. I can't do ASMR videos or anything like that. Yeah, they, I'm make, just me, like, they make that hair on the back of my neck stand up in a bad way. Yeah, and, uh, and stuff like that. But chewing is, chewing is a big problem. And, uh, I actually had kind of a little bit of a blow up this week because of it, because on a, so it tends to be an outgrowth of anxiety. Um, Mm. and so on a good day, I can usually focus on something else. And that's why in the entirety, in the entirety of the time Casey and I have been together, we eat dinner in front of the television because it gives me something else to focus on Yeah. besides the chewing. And even my own chewing drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, but on a bad, on a good day, it disgusts me on a bad day. Uh, I like literally just start getting ver- uh, like physical ticks. Like I'll just be like, eh. and, uh, yeah, it's bad. And, uh, so I've started, I've started carrying my, my headphones and the, uh, the little iPhone dongle that I have to use now cause fucking Apple. Uh, but the, so now like, you know, when Moira is sitting there and we take a break from school and she's like, I want to have some cereal. I'm like, fine, go ahead. I pop on my headphones so I don't have to listen to her crunching. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's better than it was, but it is, it's still just like, I, you know, my anxiety is in overdrive right now because of 
the world. And uh, because of that, I'm more I'm more snappy about it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. I am sorry. It's fine. It's just been a it's been a I had to I had to legitimately take a break from my daughter's schooling because her teacher wanted her to watch a video of the very hungry caterpillar by Eric Carl. Yeah. Uh I did not realize going in that it was not going to be somebody reading the very hungry caterpillar. It was going to be um an animation of it which meant that as as the narrator was reading the story behind it it's just and i'm just sitting there going oh my god oh my god you motherfucker and to all of the animators out there i am not going to shit on uh your foley artists but by the same token if a character is eating, I can clearly see that they're eating. I don't have to hear the spit and the crunching and the... Ugh! Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, things are going well. <laughs> um, having a real one. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Having a normal one, I guess. Um... So yeah, uh, do we want to talk about the thing we discussed, or does it matter? Which, like, I don't digital I don't shop. Know. I mean, outline it, and we'll. I, there's not a lot there. We'll go ahead and outline yeah. it. So Marvel has announced that they are shutting down the digital comic storefront on their website, but that's only their website. The app is still available like you can still buy comics on the app and you can still buy comics through comiXology and all of your comics that you have bought will still appear on the website and you can still redeem digital copies of comics you buy through the website it's just you will not be able to buy digital comics through the website only yeah. so which to me sounds like they made it harder and i don't know why yeah like why do you do that why do you do this companies just let me give you money yeah in any ways any of the ways that i can yeah Ugh, whatever it's weird confusing yeah it it is and I don't know. Um, it's, you know, like we were saying before, <clears throat> it feels like you have the infrastructure for reading comics on the website still. Yeah. You have the infrastructure for buying stuff through the website. It's still possible to redeem comics through the website so the infrastructure for adding new comics is still there. Those three things are still in place. You've just intentionally severed the relationship between them. 
And it's like, why? Like... So does that... Is it like... In order to buy new comics, I have to go... I have to use the app? You have to use the app or Comixology. And then the app will give me a code that I can download to my PC from? Well, no. It is... If you if you go onto the app and you buy a comic, yeah, then the next time you get on the website, if you're signed in, any comics you've bought, including the one you've bought just now, will appear in the list of comics available to you on the website. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of Captain Britain to talk about, and that's. Yeah. Slightly more exciting than uh, Marvel comics. Some of it, some of it actually is, and I have some shit to say. Uh, But uh, yeah, Captain Britain number eight has a cover by Herb Trimpey and Frank Giacoya, and is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Herb Trimpey, inked by Fred Keita, colored by George Russo's, lettered by Irving Watanabe, edited by Larry Lieber. Um. The the thing about it is, so this issue starts and there were these uniformed thugs escaping from police. Captain Britain becomes involved, yada, yada, yada. This is worth mentioning for two reasons. One, the thugs are from Vixen's mob and they're dudes that uh, Captain Britain has encountered before. Uh... The only the only reason I really care about Vixen is because in the long run, in volume two of Captain Britain, uh Okay. Longtime X-Men readers will know that at one point Betsy Braddock's uh Betsy Betsy Braddock loses her eyes. And has them replaced by Mojo. So, yeah. The reason she lost her eyes is because she was filling in as Captain Britain for Brian while he was in the U.S. And in doing so, went up against a guy called Slaymaster who took her eyes. Uh, Slaymaster was hired by Vixen. Ergo... Vixen, but uh, whatever. Um, the two major things about this issue are first of all, Betsy is introduced. Yeah. Um, she does not. She does not have powers ostensibly yet. We get the first hint of her powers at like the very end of the run this week. But uh, the other thing is that. Um, Brian saves uh, Detective Inspector Fraser from Vixen's Thugs. She returns the favor and saves him. Yada yada. Uh, And in the process, we find out why uh, Detective Inspector Di Thomas hates Captain Britain so much. And it's because he and his wife were on holiday in New York. There was a superhero thing. Uh... Di Thomas was uh, injured and his wife was killed. Um, 
I mention this primarily because I have plenty to say about this later, but we'll get to that toward the end. So yeah, uh, Betsy shows up at the end of this and um, the reason being that there has been an incident involving uh, their brother Jamie, who was also introduced this issue. Um, so she comes and finds him at college and we, they rush back home to Braddock Manor. Uh, Jamie's fine. Like he has some burns on his leg, but otherwise he's okay. We do find out that he's a race car driver, uh, which is fairly central to the character later on. Um, yeah. The whole like bad guy of this plot is a dude named Dr. Sin who yeah. uh, sucks. Um, like he does. He's, he's so a, he's a, te- it's telepathy basically. And he can make you see what he wants you to see, which he often claims is your darkest fear. And like, this is just, it just sucks. Cause after a while, after you know that, and he straight up admits it too. Then all we need is one character, our hero character, to just be like, I'm better than this, I can see past it. And, like, Brian's whole thing, like, his, Captain Britain's whole deal is, like, how strong his willpower is. (laughs) Like, that's what the amulet's for. And so he just has to overpower it with his will, and then the illusion's gone. And... I don't know if he does that here or the next time. Yeah, it's here. He fights it. And then uh, picks himself up. Or no, yeah. Then Jamie comes out of fucking nowhere with a... They've got a driver named Mick. Or maybe it's a driver. And uh, they throw... Throw the twins in the car and take them to the house. He's yeah, not leaving that. There's a, there is a plane crash. Yeah, right. Uh, Sorry. That's kind of important. Betsy Betsy is a pilot, a charter pilot, and he, she is flying them back to the Braddock Manor when she starts having visions of monsters and crashes. But, yeah, whatever. I mean, they do do a good job of mashing quite a bit of plot into some into some of these eight issues or eight eight page issues they do i guess jamie doesn't appear until next issue uh but oh wait i thought we were talking about nine we hadn't yet Oops. my bad but no, no. Big... this is all nine as well uh whatever <laughs> yeah sorry so go ahead and there do is nine. no creative there is no creative team change so it doesn't matter okay and um, then also if we're still talking about nine, then at the end of this, they get everybody back to the manor, um, and uh, Doctor Sin strikes remotely and uh, takes over Betsy, convinces her her brothers are actually demons or monsters, and uh, gives her an axe. And so she's gonna murder them good with an axe. Yeah, yeah. So Captain Britain number ten has a cover by Larry Lieber. Um, Betsy's sweat lashing out with an axe and Brian is just like, well, there's nothing I can do. I gotta, I gotta stop her and I can't do that 
as myself. So he changes to Captain Britain. Uh, Betsy is too out of it to recognize what's happening. But Jamie's like, holy shit. Uh, but Betsy just sees a newer, bigger demon. Yeah. And so she attacks. Football tackles him out a window. Um, Brian is able, as they are tumbling outside, Brian... Excuse me, Brian realizes Dr. Sin is right there, so he puts Betsy out and then goes running after him, but loses him. So they take they take Betsy to the nearest clinic, and the doctor there is just like, well, head on home, there's nothing you can do here. Uh, at which point it turns out that the doctor is under the control of Dr. Sin, and he's going to do something to Betsy. Gee, I wonder if this will pay off. Uh, Not this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing the thing is, it does, but it doesn't. Like that's that's the thing because yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, Captain Britain number eleven is written by Gary Friedrich. Uh, Ten was the last issue with Chris Claremont. Uh, eleven is Gary Friedrich and colored by Marie Severin. Uh, Captain Britain is out looking for Dr. Sin, uh, having, having told his brother, don't worry about it. We'll talk. We let's not talk about the fact that I'm a superhero, which is the most British superhero thing I've ever seen where it's just like, Hey, do you think we should talk about like the fact that I just saw you turn into another guy (laughs) and it's just like, no. No, I don't think we should. T, like yeah, you know, it's just like no, no, we don't talk about that. Especially since they're upper class too. Yeah, like very Cockney. Cockney accent was totally the wrong. Yeah, I mean they own a manor, um, yeah. but like especially since they're upper class, it would be very. So we should talk about this now. No, <laughs> I don't believe we should. All right, T. Um, but like, they... it's just like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like, it's like an old, like, it's, it's like some, uh, it's like Downton Abbey and it's just like, <laughs> I guess we, we better had talk about, talk about your being a superhero. No, I don't believe we should. Quite right. Quite right. Um, I have cholera, <laughs> like, you know, but whatever. Uh, I was committed to Cockney at a certain point, so whatever. Um, but so he goes looking for Sin and finds these villagers who are attacking these random people because they think they're witches or something. They um, have been told that they are witches. Yeah. Um, so Brian intervenes, winds up getting shot in the back with a shotgun, and he falls off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and is say he is found and like helped by th- so the two people who were being chased one of them was a man and one of them was a woman the man finds him and helps him uh and he when he comes to the guy's just like yeah uh they took what's her nuts the woman i was with and uh and uh, they took her back to the village and they're gonna burn her at the stake and it's also, yeah. you fell off a mountain. How are you alive? 
Well, we'll talk. Well, we should not talk about that either. Okay, Brian. It was. It was a. Cl- it's hard to gauge exactly. It. It was at least. Judging by the uh, the art, I'd say it was at least a 30-foot drop. I was going to say hard 50. To, it's hard to gauge exactly, because you figure he's like six feet tall. Sure. Uh, so if you allow for the fact that there's Cliff outside the frame, that's why I say 30. But... It's it's really hard to say with any with any <laughs> definitive like yeah. I don't know. But, he's uh, not supposed to be invulnerable. That's the whole thing with next issue. Like that's the point. So we still I shoot know. him in the back and throw him off a <laughs> throw him off a cliff. Yeah. I just but think it's it, funny that that the guy's like, "How are you alive?" And he's like, "No, we don't need to talk about that either. Let's go." Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, one thing I do want to say before we fly, before we go on too much further is, uh, I really like this costume. Yeah. It's real good. It is. I, I prefer this costume to his later Excalibur era costume and stuff like that. Because the Excalibur era feels like a knockoff of Alpha, right? Yeah. It feels like they were like, oh, that worked really well for Alpha. Let's just do it over here. And it's like, I like this one with the dumb mask. Like, because the, the mask is dumb, but I, I like the lion on the chest. And I like, No, I even like the mask. Like, when they yeah. did it with Flash, uh, as in that What If that we read, what, mm-hmm. listen to our other show. When they did it with Flash, where the, the hair's coming out the top, normally I think that's dumb as hell. Um, but this I actually like. I don't know why. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So this issue ends with the lady being burned at the or getting ready to be burned at the stake. It doesn't actually happen the way I implied just then. Uh, but Captain Britain number twelve. Uh, so he arrives and he uses he uses his staff, which is ostensibly wooden. Like he he comments at one point that it is a wooden staff, but he jams it into the chains and uses it as a lever and to break the chains. Um, but then in the process of saving the woman, he drops his staff into the fire. Uh, it's at that point that Dr. Sin shows up and then it switches to this computer that's in Braddock manner. And it's at this point that we find out that Dr. Sin is, a puppet of this computer somehow. Uh, but then we switch to the hospital where the doctor is explaining. Uh, and this is why I say there's payoff to the whole, they're going to do something to Betsy, but also not really because like the doctor is explaining, no, Betsy's in a coma and she's not going to wake up. Um, and then suddenly, and like, as he's saying this, Betsy like wakes up and the doctor's like, fuck, this is bad. Sin said she wasn't going to, I need to go contact him immediately. Which means that 
this was not the plan, at least as no. far as the doctor knows. Um, plus, then, you know, of course, we know what happens to Sin, so... Well, they, the computer, the way I read it was it was the computer that was keeping her in the coma, right? Mm-hmm. And because the computer is talking to itself, because it looks like Sin's going to lose. And it's like, screw it, pull all reserve power from any other projects, meaning keeping Betsy in the coma, and siphon it into to Sin. Right. And once they did that, Betsy was like, well, I'm awake, because like none of that control was being there anymore. Right. It's dumb, but I think it scans. No, it, it does. I agree. I'm just saying, like... Uh... I'm just saying that whatever their plans had been for her, they don't work out at all. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. So we switch back to Brian. He's fighting Sin, and it is not going well. Uh, He knocks himself out, uh, flinging himself against Sin, and is then... uh, Sin is like levitating him over the flames and then dropping him in. That brings us to Captain Britain number 13, uh, wherein uh, the the issue begins, Brian is falling into the flames. Um, as this is happening, we see a cleaning woman come into the lab in Braddock Manor where the computer is and she's just like oh well this needs to be cleaned a bit uh might as well uh might as well just unplug all this and get to cleaning uh well and i love the conversation that she has with herself it's like dr braddock told me never to enter his laboratory but that was before he died i'm sure it's fine now and yeah. she even waffles back and forth about whether or not she's going to go in. And finally, she's just like, screw it. I'm going in. And then she opens yeah. it up. And she's like, oh, no wonder this was uh, this was off limits. It must all this fancy machinery must be terribly important. And uh, she's like, it's fine. I'll just go. You know, I'll be I'll be careful while I'm down here. Um, and during her cleaning stuff. Yeah, she just straight up unplugs it at one point she's like i just need to get around it it'll be fine i'll plug it right back in and uh at that moment sin goes from kicking the ever-living shit out of brian hang on oh yeah we did skip that yeah he falls he falls in so she goes into the lap yes it cuts to brian who lands in the flames but he's able to grab his uh staff and we discover that pressing another button on the staff gives him a force field Sin is gloating, but then Britain, Captain Britain comes leaping out of the flames. It's at that point that the cleaning lady is just like, well, I guess it'll be fine, and unplugs the computer. This cuts off the flow of power to Sin, at which point he reverts to just some dude. And he, some uh, dude who worked for... Um... Brian's parents? Yes, yes. Um, and he's, he's like, I'm sorry. And then I died. He uh, manages to tell him it was the computer. It was yeah. the mastermind computer inside of Braddock Manor. Go to Braddock Manor. Hurry. 
Uh, we switch back to the cleaning lady who plugs the computer back in and the computer's just like, God damn it. And like checks on sin and he's dead and the computer's like, fuck. And then, uh, it checks on captain Britain and he's like on his way. And the, the, the computer is just like really pissed. And I, I read, so I was curious and I looked at the wiki and this computer, oh my god, there is some dumb shit going on with this. Like, really, really dumb shit. Uh, so be prepared for that. If you're, if you're following along, be prepared for some stupid bullshit with this computer. Um, so Captain Brighton number 14 uh, has a cover by Ron Wilson... And Frank Giacoya. Um Is this computer like Chucky or one of those horror things where it's just like, if you just leave it the fuck alone, but some idiot always wanders in and plugs it back in? Uh, no. No. Okay. The, the, so the short version is... Uh, no, you know what? No, I want to, I want to, I want to discover it myself. The, the thing about it is, if you just le- leave it alone, it'll get worse. Um, oh. So, yeah. Um, so. All right. Uh, yes. Number 14 starts, and Captain Britain comes into the lab, and there's a big dude there. And, he's got a uh, huge head, and he's kind of glowing. Yeah, and he's like, I know who you are, and they... And I know what you did. Yeah, the the main thing here is that in the course of the um in the course of this issue they they fight a little bit and then the mastermind as it's called uh says why don't we discuss for a moment let's just put our weapons down and talk and Brian's like yeah okay uh and so they do at which point mastermind reveals that it knows Brian's dark secret, which is that on the, and this explains a lot about Brian up to this point. Um, the reason that Brian is the way he is at this point in time, which is to say he rejects the advances of Courtney, even though he's clearly into her, uh, you know, and stuff like that. And he's generally shy around women. He was so close to actually having a date with Courtney before Betsy showed up. Right. And, like, like he was finally opening that door again. Mm-hmm. And then Betsy came. And- Which is even worse in the context of this. Because it's like, yeah. he had he gone on that date and Betsy arrived and it's like, something's wrong with Jamie. He would have just been like... Uh, yeah but so yeah the sorry go ahead you can no i was gonna basically it it all boils down to he was out with a girl and his parents were doing some super science and it killed them and And he was supposed to have been home he was supposed to be home yeah he was supposed to have been home by the time I don't even think he was supposed to be home to help them. That was I think they were just like 
while we're waiting, let's do some super science. Well, it was, Brian was going to help his dad in the lab uh, at a certain time. And so that's why he's with this girl and he's just like, well, I need to get you, I need to get on home. And she's like, stay with me. And he's like, well, okay. And then at home, they're just like, well, Brian's a bit late, but I'm sure there's a reason he's a good kid. He would never just flake on his parents. Oh, twist that knife. Uh, but yeah. he's a good boy. I'm sure he wouldn't just leave us to make out with a girl. Yeah. Not even any that he's not even like super into. Yeah. But so Brian takes her home and then she's just like, what if I gave you a handy in the driveway? And Brian's like, what about that? And uh, <laughs> so she does. That would be weird. And so Brian, what it amounts to is the computer conspired to kill Brian's mom, Brian's dad. In the process, it happened that the wife was touching the husband as as it happened. So she died too. And all of this happened while Brian was getting a crafty handy in a convertible and that's why he's rejected the advances of courtney is because his dick has caused him so much guilt um and so at the end of this like brian is like racked with guilt um and uh because some of the details of that he didn't know he just knew that his parents died while he was with this girl. Eh? And uh, now he knows more, which just makes him more feel more guilt over the whole thing. So while he is dealing with that, this mastermind then picks up his little finger gun and is just like, get ready to die. Um, so that brings us to Captain Britain... Uh, number 15. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, this starts, oh, this, this issue has a, has several things that happen despite only being eight, eight pages. Uh, while Captain Britain is racked with guilt, the cleaning lady starts to come in, at which point Mastermind whirls and fires upon her. Captain Britain is shaken out of his guilt-induced uh, shock, grabs his staff. Right as the mastermind fires, he gets the shield up. Um, he tries to attack and winds up passing harmlessly through mastermind, and it's then that reali he realizes that mastermind is actually a project a holographic projection of the computer, so he aims at the projector... And Mastermind's thing, like, no! A thing we've known since he his he came on the scene. Yeah, but whatever. Um, so, Brian comes upstairs and picks up um, the cleaning lady to take her and get her help. As that happens, we then switch to the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, and it turns out that Nick Fury and Captain America are heading to England... For reasons, Brian comes out the front 
still as Captain Britain, carrying the cleaning woman, and Di Thomas is there, and uh, he's like, you're a fucking menace, and I'm not going to take it anymore. You're going to answer for some shit. And Brian's just like, well, I can't really do that right now. (laughs) Um, As this is happening, a hooded, robed figure comes into the laboratory where the mastermind computer is. And we find out that whoever this person is, he has Jamie and Betsy hostage. And he watches on a computer screen as Di Thomas is about to unmask Captain Britain. Like I said, a lot of a lot of plot crammed into eight pages there, but yeah, they uh, they do manage really well. Yeah, um, it kind of makes the other comics feel like a bit like faffing about. Um, this really does move at a breakneck breakneck speed. I mean. This is this is the kind of thing that this is almost like Silver Age in how much plot or like early Silver Age in how much plot it crams into um, each issue. So Captain Britain number what are we on? Sixteen? Yeah, yes. sixteen. Um, right as Di Thomas is about to pull off his mask. Captain Britain kicks him <laughs> and then Captain America shows up and he's like, Hey, I need that guy. Um, <laughs> let me talk to him. And the cops are like, fuck you. No, first of all, we don't even know if you are Captain America. Second of all, even if you are, we're doing a thing here. You have no jurisdiction. Fuck off. And, uh, Cap is like, no, and like kicks the gun out of Di Thomas's hand, at which point Captain Britain's just like, I may not like Di Thomas, but nor am I a criminal, and I'm not going to allow the the uh, the police of this fine country to be treated in such a manner. So this can... is this fight is predicated on everyone being an asshole. It really is. It Nobody really is. acts. It's as though Di Thomas uh, radiates some sort of field that turns everyone in their immediate area in his immediate area into just an asshole because nobody is acting like they usually do. Like, I, it neither... would be hilarious if he were like he's right. a mutant the whole time. <laughs> yes. Just that would be fantastic. Hate. Asshole. Um, not hate. No, no, no. Just pettiness. Asshole. Okay. Um, because, Cap isn't acting like Cap at all uh, because he's just like, oh, fuck you, <laughs> and just kicks him. Yeah. And then they start fighting. Bri- Brian has no reason to behave any of the ways that he is to get us to have this fight. And I'm like, guys, okay, do you know why Heroes Fighting Heroes is boring and dumb? Because the setups are always stupid. It's, and this is one of those usually times. very contrived and it's just yeah. like uh, and this is this is definitely contrivance um, and we could do this so much better like they even talked about it on the helicarrier fury was like and if you run into this captain britain dude check him out i want to know you know like get me some details i want to know how you feel about him too and we can do that yeah. later yeah. Like, it's easier to, as well. Like, if he 
just says fuck it and runs right at this moment right now then their con- then cap's conflict is a with captain britain is a little more a little more reasonable because it's like hey you're being chased by the cops and you have an unconscious woman in your hands i'm going to need you to stop and let's have a talk yeah uh and if brian's like unconscious woman got to go then maybe they have a fight uh yeah. but like they you don't have to have all this assholey bullshit where nobody's acting the way they ought to yeah. first okay that's 10 minutes on cap it's a fine fight yeah, I mean, they, it's it's not like it's incredibly one-sided or anything. They both comport themselves well from a fighting standpoint. But, yeah. In the midst of this, we get a brief moment where we find out that the hooded figure who showed up last issue is the Red Skull. Because why not? Um, no explanation is given uh, at any point for how the Skull found out about this computer that I know of, like at no point is it ever just like even a throwaway line where it's just like, yeah, I bribed some asshole and he told me about the computer, like nothing, no explanation. Um, so, uh, so we're left to, to be like, the skull just keeps an eye on every kind of super sciencey thing that's happening out there whatever and so he, he knew he knows uh cap manages to tell the police hey i'm with shield fuck off at which point and like prove it like he gives them his papers um and they're just like okay well i guess we gotta just go and uh die thomas is like we'll just take our prisoner and leave and cap's like no i need that guy stop i want to talk to him and Di Thomas is like, this is bullshit. This is straight bullshit. And I'm not going to stand for it. But Cap's like, well, you gotta, because I outrank you. So he and, uh, he and Brian talk for a minute. And Steve reveals that he's there to check on this computer. And Brian's like, yeah, I know all about it. And they're like, cool, let's go take a look. And then the Red Skull's like, ah, they're coming in here. My sinister plan has been foiled somehow. Uh, so that brings us to Captain Britain number 17, which has a cover by Ron Wilson and is colored by George Russo's. Uh, as they are walking up to the steps, um, it should be pointed out in all of this. It's winter. There's snow. There's no leaves on the trees. Uh, Whatever. The the Nazis who were apparently hiding in the naked trees drop down and are just like, fuck you, swine hoons. And uh, wearing bright green jumpsuits. Yeah, with big with red bright... swastikas on them. Yeah. Um, you I, know, I stealth know... gear. Stealth gear. Yeah, right. <laughs> In winter. In British winter. Um, Guys, I think we may have solved why the Nazis lost the war. (laughs) Turns out, they're idiots. (laughs) Um, Um, uh, 
So they start fighting these Nazis. Um, and we cut back to London where Fury is having a meeting with a man named Todd Radcliffe. Yeah. And Rad- Radcliffe is some sort of undersecretary in Strike, which is Special Tactical Reserve for International Key Emergencies. It's it's S.H.I.E.L.D. for Europe. Um, it's, it's a S.H.I.E.L.D. that drinks tea instead of coffee. Uh, yeah. And S.W.O.R.D. is better. But we'll get there. Maybe. If we don't... If we aren't killed by the heat death of the universe, <laughs> we may get to sword. Um, they, they, we introduce strike. That's that's the big thing, and then we switch scenes again to some other guy who's recruiting fascists. Yeah, down at the um, docks, this dude's like, "Hey, we're having a meeting. You should come," and these guys are like. Oh yeah? Well, come me. And he's just like, come and check it out. I think you'll like it. And uh, Captain Britain takes Cap into an old cellar to approach the uh, computer. Um, and Cap's like, wow, you really know the grounds. And he's like, yeah, well, I spent a lot of time here growing up. Um, we switch to this meeting. And it's just like, we're all Nazis. And the two Englishmen that were recruited at this bar are just like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's be Nazis. Um, <laughs> They're real easy, these dudes. Yeah, these are, these are, I mean, I guess, I guess it's good that they got swept up into something that was doomed to fail. Um, sure. As opposed to, like, a cult or something, where it was just, you know. <laughs> um, well, and, like, I don't know what Skull's gonna do with these particular two dudes. Because they even say, like, we're a little old for meetings and shit. Um, and then they get to the meeting, and it's the, you know, the rich are all becoming richer, and we should take their stuff and all that. And I'm like, yeah, but we should... Be Nazis, and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, and which I, I don't. You had me until Nazis. I don't know how. How did you? I don't. You know, know you're. I don't know how you get from, <laughs> uh, eat the rich to Nazi. I know. I know dipshits are always like, well, the Nazis were socialists, which. <sighs> but uh yeah i don't know this whole thing is like whatever um anyway so we got we're recruit the important part here is we're also recruiting in london uh and that's what we need to know yeah switch back to uh cap and brian real quick they walk into a hall okay and uh at 10 downing street uh fury is meeting with the prime minister who I wonder if it was the real prime minister in uh, 76 the, or 77. The, I didn't look it up. The impression that I got is that he was, is that they were doing the same thing here that they do with Jimmy Carter. Uh, yeah. But. We're not furiously Googling. You're furiously Googling. 
Let's see, 1970, whatever. Seven? Uh, but yeah, the, uh, James Callahan. Okay. Damn. All right. Um, so yeah, so they're talking to the prime minister uh, about what they're going to do, and Radcliffe's just like, oh, I've got a phone call on my wristwatch. And so he steps out, <laughs> and it turns out that he is an agent of the Red Skull. Shock! Uh, Fury comes out and he's like, anything wrong? And Ratcliffe's like, no, everything is simply perfect. Uh, we then come back to Captain Britain, Captains Britain and America, who enter this one area, at which point doors slam and then gas starts to fill the room and they're like, uh oh, and Brian's like, didn't yeah. know that was happening. Uh, and the the skull reveals himself via speaker to be the one who's here now, which Cap's like, well, fuck. Uh, yeah. I probably should have known. And it's like, should you have, though? Yeah. Um, uh, we don't know how Skull lived from the last time you saw, you saw I, him. I feel like... I feel like captain america's default setting should be it's the red skull um, until proven otherwise i'm just gonna go with red skull and uh if it's if it ends up not being the red skull well then that's a you know that's a good day for everybody i like to imagine that every encounter that captain america has with a villain at some point during it he's just like okay come on out johan and the villain's just like <laughs> What are you doing? And he's like, these things are usually the Red Skull. Hang on. Come on, Schmidt. I know you're here. Yeah. You know, and like, it's just like, no. The, the villain's like, no. No, this this one was me. I don't know. This, this not to insult you, but this plan is way too elaborate pull, for you. Pull on, your, pull on your face real quick. Pull on your face. Why? I want to make sure you don't have like a mask on and that you're actually the Red Skull in disguise i'm not the fucking red skull see that's what the red skull would say um so captain britain number 18 um cap and cap and cap uh are taken out by the gas red skull checks in with ratcliffe and ratcliffe's just like yep everything's tickety-boo over here and bob's your uncle and uh, and you know, I'm getting. T I know it's all. It's only 1977, and I'm already getting tired of this Red Skull just not killing fools. Idiocy. Yeah. He's like, no, I want to save her. Their defeat, and it's like, you dumbass. How many times? Yeah. This is at least time seven it's... that you have tried to savor the defeat of, of Captain America, and he's killed, kicked your ass. Like you should just, just murder. A quick it. double tap, and you're done. Yeah. Um, then you go on with your dastardly plan, uh, which I don't even, I can't even really figure out what it is. So we switch to the strike underwater base. Um, because if you're going to be launching planes, why not do it from underwater? Yeah, that might start underwater. Uh, and they, uh, Radcliffe and Fury get in a jet and they're going to go bomb the shit out of something yeah 
And Fury starts being like, I don't know what this guy's deal is. I am suspicious of him. But, like, not in such a way that it winds up being useful. (laughs) Um, So... Because he pretty well outs himself here in 15, 20 minutes. Well, the thing that's frustrating about this is I, I really get annoyed when Fury is in something and he doesn't make himself useful at all like Uh and that's what happens here because uh he starts getting suspicious of Radcliffe and I'm like oh he's going to take Radcliffe down before Radcliffe can do whatever he's going to do and no no he does not no he's just gonna get uh shot a little and the bomb they bomb the shit out of Braddock Manor anyway yeah so uh, in the inter- intervening, though, uh, they're they're trapped. They wake up in the in the place where they got gassed, and everyone they're like, "Why are we still alive?" That skull was such a fucking idiot. Um, at which point, this is hilarious because uh, he's like, "Well, we're trapped," and uh, Cap's like, "Well, I saw you made that force field with your staff there. Uh, have you ever you ever pressed any of those other buttons?" And- Britain's like, well, no, I haven't. Cap's like, what if you pressed the third button? And Britain's like, I don't know if I should. It's your, it's your staff. Just push it. All right, stand back, and he blasts a wall off uh, with it. Which with he never button. does again. Like that's oh no, so the rest of the run, it's gone. Yeah, there is no use of the third button even though it would be perfectly useful any number of times. But so the skull is loading up like everything he can take from the mastermind computer room. Uh, The caps bust in and the skull's like, hold on, I have your brother and sister. And uh, Captain Britain's like, oh, you motherfucker. And Red Skull's just like, teleporter, peace. And uh, it's at that point that the planes arrive over Braddock Manor and Radcliffe is just like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm evil and we're blowing up this house. And (laughs) he's like, I had no idea. (laughs) Um, So Cap, Cap and Cap are trying to escape and oh no, it blows up. Um, so there's that, uh, have, have they blown up Xavier Manor yet in, uh, X-Men? I feel like it's happened a couple of times. Uh, no, I mean, not over history. I mean, in our reading, I, I think, I think so. Um, okay. Trying to remember because it has a very, this is what. The X-Men Manor looks like when it explodes. So it got pretty well trashed the first time Juggernaut showed up. Sure, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Fuck. I don't know. So, Captain Britain number 19 is... uh, Opens with caskets laid out um, in... I guess Westminster for uh, the Caps. And Fury is very upset over the whole thing. We find out 
that after Ratcliffe turned out to be a fink, uh, Fury was held there in, uh, in his seat um, in the plane. And Ratcliffe was just like, oh man, like you are so going to die. And Fury's just like, well, could I have a last cigar first? And Radcliffe's like, well, I am a civilized gentleman. So he lights his cigar for him, and then it turns out that it's a fake cigar, and it fires a dart which kills Radcliffe. And uh, Fury has them bring him on in. Um, While he's mourning, he is approached by uh, Lance Hunter, who is the commander of, uh, of Strike. And Fury is largely unimpressed. I kept waiting for Lance Hunter to turn out to be a prick. And he only kind of does at one point. But... And he's got his own reasons for being that prick. Yeah. But it switches to, uh... We... It switches to the college students, Jack O'Turner and, uh... Courtney and everybody and Courtney's upset because Captain Britain has seemingly been slain and Jacko's just like whatever he sucked and she's like fuck you Lance and slaps him and Jacko's like what the fuck ever and takes off at which point Courtney starts crying and looking at a picture of Brian trying to figure out what's going on with him Trying to figure out if he's Captain Britain. Well, she's like, you know, what happened to you? Where, what, uh, why are you so afraid of getting involved? Where did you go? Where are you at now? Are you thinking of me? Um, stuff like that. Uh, we then switch to the helicarrier where Captains Britain and America are fighting. And Nick Fury comes in and he's like, oh my god, you're alive. And Dugan's just like, no, 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 sorry, they're LMDs. And Fury's like, well, that was fucking dumb. And end of issue. Whatever. Um, So, number 20. Um, Red Skull is looking at a newspaper and he's very happy that the captains are dead. And then he's just like... Man, Hitler was the best. And then we switched to uh, Fury and Hunter talking to the Prime Minister. Hunter is being unbearably smug because that's just what he does. But then we get the big reveal of the issue, which is that the captains are alive. But they are walking along the side of the road. A car comes and so they they dive into a hole. So that they're not seen. Um, The motorists who pass are like, I thought I saw some dudes in bright colored costumes jump into a hole, but I guess it was my imagination. And the other person's like, yeah, it totally was, you fucking loony. Uh, Whatever. So they're making their way to civilization so as to get hold of Fury. We see Fury and Hunter in Strike Headquarters then um they're going to save his brother and sister right they're going to save jamie and betsy so that they can take the red skull on without it being an issue so they arrive at the clinic 
Uh, Brian changes into his civvies and walks through the front door and they're just like, hey, now, who do you think you are? While they're distracted, Captain America jumps in through the window and they all just start uh, punching Nazis. When it's all said and done, they've defeated everyone. Jamie and Betsy are freed, uh, at which point Jamie is like, Brian, is it really you? They said on the news you were dead. Like, what's going on? Prove to me it's you. And Betsy's just like, what? Well, and what Betsy should have about Betsy should have seen him change into Captain Britain for the fight against the Nazis. Well, but... I do, but they, I, I, like, I don't know. I'm. They may have been in a different room. I don't know, but. So that brings us to 21, which has a cover by Ron Wilson and Frank Giacoya. Uh, the prime minister literally evaporates from his, uh, from his, uh, office. Like it's literally like this is a, this is a Harry Potter movie and he just <laughs> apparates to somewhere else. Uh, I love that. It looks, honestly, it looks like a couple of panels from V. And yeah. he's just sitting there, and then all of a sudden, he, like, he feels kind of weird, and then smoke. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so he then rematerializes in the Red Skull's base, and the Red Skull's like, I'm going to demand the surrender of of Britain. And the Prime Minister's just like... <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and the Red Skull's like, no, for real. Like, shit's about to get real. And uh, we then switch to the clinic where Jamie's just like, um, no, seriously, uh, you're both supposed to be dead. How do we know it's really you? And so Captain Britain changes back into uh, Brian and... Jamie and uh, Betsy are overjoyed. Then this Nazi uh, gets kicked around a little bit for information. <laughs> um, Again, this isn't... Cap's not very Cap, this whole run. Yeah. And occasionally just, you know, beating the shit out of a guy for information. It's like, yeah, I don't know that Cap usually does that. Um, oh, well. You they know, find it's, out It's one of those things of... Like it's it's incongruous because there is usually a delineation in the comics between Cap the hero and Cap the soldier. Yeah, and the two very rarely meet, right. and when they do, it's kind of weird when they do. Um, but yeah, so Cap gets on the phone and tries to contact uh, Nick Fury. Uh, and they're just, and everybody's just like, whatever you fucking lunatic. But I feel like Fury would literally tell someone, you know, Fury, Fury doesn't want to believe that the captains are dead. So I feel like at the very least he'd tell anyone working the phones, Hey, if someone calls in claiming to be captain America, send them to me. And I'll deal with it. Like, even if it does turn out to be a nutcase, but whatever. Yeah, no, I I definitely feel like he would have addressed the switchboard and been like, um, 
So when Cap calls, Cap's dead, Carl. No, when Cap calls, you siphon that shit to me. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's, he's dead, though. But he's not able to get through. Uh, they are getting ready to leave the hospital when some toughs break in looking for stuff to steal. I don't know why, because, like, there's nothing to suggest that the that the rules of society have broken down. So these guys are just assholes. Um, they're dealt with, at which point they go outside to try to flag somebody down. Uh, they they manage to stop a lorry driver who's just like, oh, you're Captain America. And his friend comes over and he's just like, wow, that's nuts. Um, and Cap says, here's, here's a S.H.I.E.L.D. card. Call S.H.I.E.L.D., let them know what's going on. We're headed to the Red Skull's base. Here's where it's located, blah, blah, blah. Um, they leave, at which point it turns out that the driver's friend is actually working for the Skull. Uh, and so he winds up shooting his buddy and he's just like, sorry, but you know, it's for the Fuhrer and all, uh, and burns the card. And so Cap and Cap and Cap are headed toward the Red Skull's base, expecting backup that will never come. 22. Number 22. I, it's frustrating because when a, when a week like this, in a week like this where it's all one book, there's no real good opportunity to stop and be like, okay, so what did you think? Like, we have to just do it at the end and it's annoying. Anyway. (sighs) So, uh, Fury is getting, sorry. I mean, we can take a, a quick like because they yeah no you're never mind i was thinking we could take like a, a little break in the middle where after they beat the skull but i think that takes forever uh, uh yeah it's basically the skull is through to the end and then the last two issues are the merlin thing oh yeah so oh guys get buckle in buckle up get it's ready. a while yeah, yeah. This is, I forgot this is kind of a slog. In, it's, in the I middle. mean, it comes, it comes from only doing eight pages an issue. Yeah. Um, so, I kind of like the setup of this because, uh, so the skull is holding, is holding the country for ransom. If they don't surrender by a certain time, he'll kill the prime minister. And then at midnight a bomb's going to go off and kill everybody and whatever. Uh, and so this first page is actually kind of cool in that it's split by Big Ben. And then, uh, which is showing a time of four o'clock. And yet outside it's dark and the streetlights are on, but okay, sure, England. Um, <laughs> but the... On the one side is our captains, uh, and on the other side is uh, Fury, who's getting antsy, and he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to go looking for leads. And uh, and Hunter is just like, it's a city of eight million people, what the fuck do you think you're going to do? But so, 
oh captains my are my captains arrive and at the location provided by the uh nazi they beat up and uh these guys are going inside and captain america is just like i don't know if this is it and captain britain's like no i bet it is and captain america's like well not a lot that can be done and so they go inside at which point the dudes who were going in disappear and then they fall into the floor and land in some water and then get flushed into the skulls command center and he's just like hey you're still alive great job now die um there's a fight with the captains versus brightly colored nazis uh at which point the skulls just like okay 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 i have a gun on the prime minister knock it off um and they're just like okay well i guess we're done and they're led away to a cell um we see some British people who are just like, oh man, the prime minister has been kidnapped. I can't believe it. Uh, Fury is frustrated and feeling powerless, at which point Hunter's just like, fuck it, and drugs him uh, to force him to get some sleep. And then Fury just has nightmares about everyone in London dying. Um, there is some random dude who uh is like hey man hey officer i saw a bunch of nazis and the officer's just like whatever you fucking drunk and i feel like anyone in law enforcement should have been briefed hey anyone who talks about nazis maybe follow up on it but apparently this guy's an alcoholic and uh they're just like, whatever, Nazis in Britain, come on. And so they ignore him. But then this is never brought up again. Like, it's just this plot thread that they introduce and then immediately drop. But yeah. Um, so the end of this is Hunter explains to Parliament, no, seriously, like, you all have to decide what to do. We either ignore him and run the risk that he's going to kill us all and kill the prime minister or we surrender and that's bad. Um, And meanwhile, the skull has the captains and the prime minister tied to stakes and they are being brought before a firing squad. So there's that. Um... It's like Captain, I know, I, I know I read all this, but some of it seems almost new. But like, how did we get out of this? I don't remember. Because stuff. Um, so Captain Britain number twenty three has a cover by Ron Wilson, John Romita, and John Tartaglione. Uh, the Red Skull is getting ready to execute the Prime Minister and the captains when he receives a phone call saying. Uh, Parliament is surrendering. Tell us what you want. Um, it is now apparently six o'clock. Uh, yeah, I see that. And uh, Hunter is just like, you know, oh, thank God. So everybody's led back to their cell. 
<coughs> as they are being taken, they pass by where the Nazis have just leaned their stuff against the wall. So yeah. the again, again, like maybe we're seeing now why the Nazis lost. Yeah. Like, you guys, you can't just leave this shit laying around. I, I feel like, especially, so I feel like the Nazis in the real world, alt history things about like Nazis winning the war. It's just like, well, but there were a lot of reasons the Nazis lost the war. Oh yeah. Uh, they probably wouldn't have won no matter what lo- leaps of logic you make. But especially in the Marvel universe, any, uh, any story that starts with, what if the Nazis had won the war in the Marvel Universe? It's just like, yeah, but look at these bumblefucks. <laughs> um, so they make a play for their weapons and they succeed. Um, and they fight a bit. Apparently in this short amount of time, two hours has passed. Uh, because we now switch to Lance... Hunter and Nick Fury and Nick Fury's just like I'm American and Lance Hunter's just like yes well that's quite lovely but we can't really do anything about that you see um and then another hour passes <laughs> like seriously this book is just like it's this book reads like a Michael Bay movie cause it's just like so wait a minute, I'm confused about... Shut up, we're on to the next thing. <laughs> like, yeah. So... Yeah, you're, happened... you're right. Uh, there is... And I mean, that's because... You know... Eight pages. Eight pages. And if you're if you're only telling a story in eight pages, you got to tell a lot of story real fast. And yeah. uh, they... I just realized that if you're doing... If you're reading one a week, that's one thing. But if you're yeah. reading... If you're reading, how many did we read? Like twenty four, twenty eight. Jesus Christ! If you read twenty eight in a week or in a day, I think I read half, over half of these in one sitting. Yeah, and that was just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I I, I agree with you. I felt like the same way. Kind of like a, a Michael Bay movie where at the end of it, you're just like, Jesus Christ, just somebody chill out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And so they split up. Captain America goes to punch Red Skull in the face. Captain Britain makes his way to go tell uh, tell British intelligence that... Uh, I forget what he went to tell them. I don't know. He went to go contact S.H.I.E.L.D. and strike. Um, He finally sees the... He finally makes his way out of the base. Uh, Meanwhile... It is now getting to be 10 o'clock. Hunter is just like, Oh shit, I've looked everywhere and I don't know what to do. Um, We see some British people just being like... I don't know what's going on. Do you know what's going on? And it's just like, thanks for burning a couple panels on this. Uh, but finally, Hunter works out 
because it's literally the last the last possible place uh, that the bomb is at Big Ben. So he goes and he finds it and it's tied to the uh, minute hand of Big Ben. Uh, ostensibly, this means that the bomb will go off at midnight when the hands meet. But what I don't understand is there there's once per hour where the hands meet anyway so like how why did it not go off during any of the previous hours like what the fuck are you doing guys <laughs> but whatever so uh, uh Brit- captain britain is trying to flag down a car to get him to take him to shield and uh what what the hell? Let's make this worse. And it's Die Thomas. Millions of cars being driven in in London at any given time. And he gets the one that has Die Thomas in it. But what the fuck ever? Uh, number 24 has a cover by Ron Wilson. My favorite part of this cover is that uh free inside is captain britain's super jet you know (laughs) the super jet he's been using this whole time also it Um, promises a a spider-man team up and i don't remember that well each of these issues has has a backup oh um and so i think one of the one of the issues that was reprinted in this was an issue of Marvel team up. Um, But this was penciled by John Buscema and inked by Tom Palmer. Um, So Captain Britain is faced by Di Thomas and he's just like, well, sorry to do this. He knocks them down and steals their car. Um, He contacts she he gets on the radio and he's just like this is captain britain put me through to nick fury um he gets to dum dum dugan and uh he was and dum dum's just like all right i'll put a, i'll put you through and so fury's just like what the fuck is this like why are you wasting my time and captain britain's just like um I have the Red Skull, the location of Red Skull's hideout, uh, but he then he then swerves to avoid a dog and runs into a wall, and so Fury's like, "Where is it? Where is the hideout?" Uh, but then Captain Britain comes to a second later, and he's just like, "It's in a warehouse," <laughs> um, and so Fury Fury loads up. A bunch of dudes to go after him hunter is clinging to a a clock hand uh waiting to go around red skull is just like well we've done everything we're going to do so i'm gonna blow you up and head out um and the prime minister and captain america are just like this is bad so captain britain then races back having revealed the location to fury Captain Britain then races back to the base, gets there in time to uh, throw himself on the 
bomb that the Red Skull has dropped outside the cell as S.H.I.E.L.D. converges on the warehouse. So, Captain Britain, number 25, uh, is inked by Fred Keita. Uh, and this one is a big boom pow knockdown drag out between shield and Nazis. Uh, meanwhile, Captain Britain is able to use his staff to pry the bars. Or, I'm sorry, Captain Britain used his shield when he jumped on the bomb. That's how he survived. And then he uses his, uh, staff to pry the bars off the cell the prime minister and captain america get out and the prime minister's like i can find my way out and cap captain america is just like wait what and captain britain says no no on my way in i ran into no interference so he should be able to get out of here no problem yeah hmm excuse me um while the while the battle is going on, the Red Skull stands and salutes a picture of Hitler. And it's just like, you know, things are stressful. There's a lot going on. Your base is being assaulted by a shield. It is important to take time out for self-care. Yeah. Um, and that's what this is. This is just like, man, Hitler was keen. Uh, this is great. You were the best man. And like, you know, yeah. So whatever. Man, um, I really like, no, you know what? Never mind. I'm not, not finished, not finishing that sentence because in case it's taken out of context and held against me later. I like the idea that somebody is at some point might be transcribing these episodes and it's just like Hitler was keen uh, <laughs> so captains America and Britain make their way through the uh, through the base and arrive at the Red Skull right as Nick Fury does uh, and Cap's like there's the skull and look it's Fury and Fury's like what the Captain America and then gets shot by Red Skull yep um and then as Cap, as Captain America, I can't just say Cap, which is annoying. Uh, Captain America goes to check on Fury. Captain Brit, uh, Red Skull draws a bead on him. Captain Britain knocks him down. Um, they go to uh, kick his ass, at which point the Red Skull is just like, ha ha, personal teleporter. Um and Cap is just like, this is some bullshit. What are we going to do now? I fucked up. And Captain Britain's like, it's not all lost. The teleportation signal had to have been routed through this computer. I ought to be able to use the computer to teleport me to his last teleport coordinates. So he does. At which point Lance Hunter is on the... Uh, on the hand of Big Ben and the Red Skull is just like ha 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 you will fail and then Captain Britain's just like are you sir sure about that sir 
whatever, sir, sure, fuck it. Um, I am yeah. worn out with this shit. Uh, uh, let me let me see if I can't take over. Okay. Um, so twenty six creative team changes. Nope. All right. So it starts out with Captain Britain having teleported his ass close um, to Big Ben. He does. He doesn't get as close to Red Skull as I think he wanted to, but he gets up on the clock face and manages or to. As- as close as the end of the last issue indicated because yeah. it's really weird at the end of the last issue he's like right there and he's just like hey how's it going but in the at the beginning of this issue he's far away and it's like how did he hear you when he said are you sure of that or whatever yeah like yeah anyway go ahead. so he jumps up and they have a bit of a scuffle on uh the hour hand i think and uh Captain Britain manages to get him off balance. Skull starts to fall. Uh, Captain Britain catches him. Skull drops his teleporter device, and it goes to the ground. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the base, everybody's uh, fighting Nazis. It's always great. Um, And uh, Cap is mourning Fury's death, presumed death, because it was his fault. At least he's starting to act like Captain America now. And uh, Fury, while Cap is having having a minute, Fury tells him to get down and uh, shoots a Nazi who was coming in behind him. And they stand up and they're like, yep, I'm fine. Okay, good. So, then we have a quick, how did we escape the bombs? And it's like, do we do we need to take the time to do this? Oh well. Yeah. Uh, they escape the bombs in the manor by jumping underneath a into a bunker that was underneath the computer room. Okay, so they put on jetpacks and go punch some Nazis. Uh, Red Skull is saved, and then he saves oh. himself because he's got jet boots or jetpacks in his boots, um, but. Captain Britain jumps on him. They're not really designed to hold two people. Um, he disables the rocket boots. Skull falls to the floor, falls to the ground. Uh, Captain Britain saves himself with a pull. It's a pretty good fall. Like, yeah, it, it looks like Skull's done. Um, well, I mean, how tall is Big Ben for God's sake? Like, Big Ben is, is far enough to splatter you. Yeah. And uh, Cap manages to rescue Captain Britain from the flagpole he was hanging from. And the computer... So the base was destroyed. And Red Skull's base was destroyed. Which means that the germ bomb that they're trying to stop was also disabled. Because the computer was controlling whether or not the the bomb would fire. Um, yeah, that's the whole thing. Hastings, not Hastings, uh, Lance Hunter is trying to disarm, disarm the bomb and he's a munitions expert, so he should be able to do this, but he, he keeps not being able to. So, uh, that's done. Yeah. At the end of it, um, we see goal goes to reach for a personal teleporter and yeah. 
whatever. Yeah. Uh, number 27, um, the, the heroes are like, hooray, but then like, oh no, the Red Skull actually survived the fall and is now teleporting away. Oh, darn. Uh, and so we have a whole lot of wrap up where they're like talking with, uh, the, they're talking with, uh, Jimmy Carter and like Captain Britain goes to leave and Lance Hunter is like, you should join strike. And, um, Britain's like, I'm more of a loner, not really my thing, but thanks, bye, and gets into a cab. And this is the one slightly sinister moment with Lance Hunter that I was kind of waiting for the whole time, where he's just like, a time's going to come where you have no choice to join Strike, and I'll be waiting for that moment. And it's just like, okay, that's a little gross, bro. Um, yeah, it's a little creepy, and I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. We recount captain britain's origin uh as he's like dozing in the back of this cab he arrives at his location <laughs> which is T thames college at which point he's like oh shit i just realized i don't carry money and the driver's just like are you fucking kidding yeah and he's like nope uh i'll get you next time huh and the guy's like hey this is my livelihood like i have a sick kid at home and Captain Britain's like, don't care. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So he goes and transforms uh, back to Brian Braddock and goes home for a well-deserved rest. <clears throat> At which point we are introduced to the next villain of the piece, Lord Hawk, who I feel like we don't really have to spend a lot of time on. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to. Yeah. So, yeah, Lord Hawk. That brings us to Captain Britain number 28, which has a cover by Ron Wilson and Frank Giacoya and is inked by Tom Palmer. Um, so let's run this down issue, I guess, issue by issue, but like not having, let's not get that as detailed as we have been. Uh, yeah, he's, this, uh, this, this storyline, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, he's a. He's a, uh, Lord Hawk is a former university professor, um, who always got made fun of because of his, I guess, ecologically minded, uh, teaching style. I don't know. It's a little confusing. Um, his, and his views on ecology and his big nose. So, yep. So Brian felt bad for him and built him a mechanical Hawk, uh, Yep. Oh, because and then we don't really see why until later that he built it. How how much of this can I tell or do Oh yeah, we do see why. He goes we find out that all he he was a birder um hawks person and all of his hawks died because of the the pollution, which yeah. you have bad hawks. Um and <laughs> somebody has sold you a bum hawk bro <laughs> yeah exactly uh but he builds him the mechanical one and then later lord hawk 
uh, has it weaponized with guns and shit um, by another guy who was really interested in just designing weapons. He killed that dude. And then, uh, yeah. The plot starts when... Does anything else happen I need to care about in this issue? No. I mean, he gets... A fact, Brian sees a newspaper about a factory being sabotaged by oh, yeah. a he built. So he makes a plan to go and see Professor Hawk. Yep. Courtney realizes Brian is still alive. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, they fight. Is pretty much the next issue. He fights the bird. Well, the next issue is written by Gary Friedrich and Larry Lieber. Sorry. Uh, they fight. Brian gets knocked out. Uh, he And then Hawk leaves. Plants a tracer on him. And yeah. Leaves. And then he continues to follow Brian around without really knowing why. And uh, then they start fighting in... Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. Wow. A whole lot of nothing happened. Number 30 is written by Gary Friedrich. Uh, the Piccadilly Circus fight is actually pretty good um, because since they're not coloring these now, they haven't been coloring them for four or five issues, um, they have to do a lot more with the inks and pencils. And so the destruction looks really good. It does. Uh, one thing I will say is, generally speaking, British comics of this time, a lot of them weren't colored. Yeah. Uh, and that's why early issues of Captain Britain make a point of telling you in full color. Yeah. Um, but apparently they got bored with that and stopped doing it. <laughs> uh, so the, the Hawk rips up Piccadilly Circus and Brian pretty good. Um at one point, the cops get called, and Di Thomas is like, "This is it's finally my time. I can go, go arrest him, because I told people this kind of shit would happen, and he's not wrong. Um, he did tell them that this exact kind of shit is what's going to happen." Brian finally feels figures out that he needs to quit attacking the bird and uh, go after the guy instead, but. That doesn't go well. He saves a kid. Um, Courtney's here uh, for some reason and gets hit by a fucking bus. At that point, the Hawk pieces out and um, Captain Britain attempts to be arrested but gets slipped slips away. Yeah. I he goes home to start looking at plans for the Hawk he built. Yeah. Jamie comes by and he's like, hey, we need to talk. So Brian opens the door and knocks Jamie out and ties him to a chair. Um, the the thing that I the thing that I like here is that <sighs> the next scene, Die Thomas is raked over the coals by one of his superiors. Mm -hmm. And my question is not, well, why did that happen? My question is, why the fuck did this not happen sooner? Oh, yeah. Because 
assuming from okay i feel like if die thomas had anyone in the in the police service who cared about him one of them would have taken him aside sooner and been like hey uh i get it but also like this is a really bad idea you should leave this be or it will destroy your career yeah but even a even a even ignoring that why did none of his superiors at any point prior to now say hey listen just from a protocol standpoint um leave it the fuck alone yeah we have a lot of people you don't have to handle this personally and i'm sorry i don't know how the law is in england but i feel like in the u.s any defense attorney worth their salt i feel like even a public defender like the minute they got this case and saw that die thomas's wife had been killed by a superhero if he had ma- if he managed to bring captain britain down and arrest him any defense attorney would look at die thomas and go like huge conflict of interest this whole thing needs to be thrown out and like yeah, yeah. like yeah what the fuck <laughs> anyway uh so yeah he gets called on the carpet uh the hawk attacks again brian the hmm. The thing about it is, here's the thing. Let me let me ask you a question. No. Okay. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That was hasty. I know Civil War is crap. Okay? I know Civil War is crap. The, uh, the event comic from 2006-ish? Yes. Six, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's garbage. It's got uh, moments, but most of all, mostly it's garbage. Fuck Mark Millar. Anyway, <laughs> the thing about it is, okay, so would you be pro or anti-registration? Okay? Would you be? Probably pro. See, and that's the thing. Like, as a reader, I'm anti because I know the characters and I'm just like, well, Peter Parker, Parker's a good guy. Nobody has anything to worry about from Peter fucking Parker. Right. But if... But, like, if I were a person in that world, <laughs> oh, I would yeah. categorically be pro-registration. <laughs> yes. Like, not to the point of locking people up yeah, no. in a negative zone prison, but, like, <laughs> there has to be accountability. And so there's a conversation to be had about what place in a society superheroes would inhabit and whether or not they should be uh, regulated to some degree. Because superhero superpowers in the marvel universe are not like a gun let's face it you can't just outlaw it because literally fucking everything gives you superpowers being in the sun for too long gives you fucking superpowers in this world so you can't just say no superpowers but you've gotta you can't by the same token you can't just have like random people just doing whatever the fuck they want because if spider-man drops a house on your dad like, what do you do what do you do? who do you talk to about that spider-man doesn't have like an address or a customer support line it's just it's a dude and you don't know who he is and so i'm not saying that accountability 
fixes everything clearly i mean all we have to do is look at the black lives matter movement and stuff like that having someone be official does not equate to accountability but by the same token in a situation like this there's got to be something but still fuck die thomas fuck him well like, and there's there's and i think there's a difference between um like having some accountability and everybody knowing who you are, right? Like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man could still be, have his secret identity. It's just mostly secret. Like, you have to... Well, but but by the same token, I, I feel like, you know, the thing about it is, with cops, your face is out there. Right. You're, you, you have your name and your badge number. Yep. Right there. Yep. And... Like the police, if if somebody targets a cop's family, the police deal with it. Like yeah. they they protect the family, and you could do that easily. Like yeah, you could have Officer Parker just out here thwip thwip, and like it would be fine because there would be a whole infrastructure in place to protect. Now, obviously, in real life, all cops are bastards, and <laughs> like. The police should not be armed, and yeah, but I'm talking purely in a fictional setting here. Like, for God's sake, do something here, because like the cops are nothing. Yeah, and like you can't just let random people with superpowers run around because everybody has fucking superpowers. You get superpowers from like the wrong bop box of pop tarts, and like. Anyway, but the point is, there's a conversation to be had about what place superheroes have in society. But by the same token, Die Thomas is not the dude to have that conversation because Die Thomas is way too fucking close to the situation. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't, you don't have J. Jonah Jameson on your Spider-Man Day special to talk no. about how great Spider-Man is and you don't talk to a dude or you don't have a police officer whose wife was killed by a superhero chasing a superhero. No. Why is he only just now being removed from the case? <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, the... the 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 end of one of these issues ends with uh, the hawk grabbing Captain Britain and storing him into the sky. Uh, yeah. Jacko ends up getting a hold. Jacko's there, whatever, and he ends up because we're on the college campus. He ends up getting a hold of the controls um, from which Lord is, Hawk, which is this next issue, which yeah. is thirty two, which is penciled by Ron Wilson. Go ahead, uh, thirty, and he. Dives the hawk directly into the ground after Brian frees himself from it. Um, they have a scuffle. He ends up in a uh, football stadium, and uh, they are he's reprogramming the hawk from the tail. Uh, it the hawk is eventually destroyed. Die Thomas shows up and is like, "I'm gonna arrest you," and some voice from the other side says, "Captain Britain will be coming with me now." Okay. 33. 33 has a cover by Rod Wilson. Um, 
an unconscious and injured Captain Britain is brought to strike headquarters. Uh, while this happens, his mind is then taken on a magical mystery tour, which makes his body appear uh, brain dead. Um, yeah, no more, no more, no more activity in the dome, but his heart's yeah. still beating, and the doctors at Strike are very, very confused. He proceeds to uh, <coughs> be taken to this other realm. And as Merlin and Rona watch, he has to fight this creature. Um, and as this is happening, like the injuries that he sustains whilst fighting the creature uh, become evident on his unconscious body. Uh, we find out at the end of this that uh, this is all a test for Captain Britain. So, yeah. Even um, though he already passed the test. Okay, whatever. Um, it's, they... the final, it's the final test. Doctor Strange is still being tested at this point. So, yeah. fuck it. Tests forever, I guess. So, okay. yeah, 35, 4. 34. We're so close to the end. Uh, 34. Um, he's fighting the creature and... Uh, Merlin and Rona watch. Rona's like, please, hasn't he been through enough? And uh, Merlin's like, nope, not yet. But as they're fighting, uh, Merlin then returns his staff to him, and he is able to use the staff to create a force shield, which saves him from the burning. And apparently that's enough to prove that he's... I don't know. This whole test makes no sense. That's enough to prove he is, in fact, worthy. So the monster disappears and he's brought to war, brought before uh, Merlin and Rona. We then switch back to uh, Betsy and Jamie. We find out Jamie just straight like uh, flexed his way out of the chair he was tied into during the hawk situation. But Betsy wakes up having had a premonition of uh of brian it's worth it's worth remembering sometimes that a lot of these powers wind up being changed and retconned and dropped we talked in the uh last episode or the episode before about how ms marvel and by extension rogue had a danger sense that just kind of never gets brought up anymore yeah uh betsy was originally a precog um but now she's just purely psychic. Um, but she has a vision of Brian in danger. Uh, so we then switch to... We switch back to uh, Merlin talking to Brian. Whatever. Uh, Merlin starts explaining about Camelot. And Brian's like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? And Merlin's just like, just, just hold on. And so whatever um that brings us to number 35 wherein merlin explains that uh he he is an alien who lived on earth during camelot because you know uh cheese and crepes what what jokes and japes uh why the fuck not um but then when when Camelot fell, 
he uh, he did the whole thing with the amulet and the sword, and that they had been found numerous times over the centuries by people, but they always chose the sword and therefore were proven unworthy. Um, and Brian was the first one who chose the amulet. Uh, and, you know, that this has all been leading to a point at which, like, Brian needs to become a symbol to the modern world because, boy, do they need it. And Brian's just like, this is wrecking my life. I don't want to have anything to do with this. And Merlin's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, he literally is just like, you are being a little bitch right now and you need to knock it off. Yeah. Sack up and be a man and do the thing you chose. You were chosen to do because you're the only one who can do it. If you don't do it, there's no one else. Like, you're the only one who's ever chosen the amulet. Um, and Brian's like, fine, whatever. And Merlin's like, so I'm upgrading your staff. At which point it goes from being a bomb pop looking piece of wood to this golden staff uh, called the Star Scepter. And it looks a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I, I did forget to mention this issue is inked by Tom Palmer. Okay. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. So, Captain Britain number 36 has a cover by Pablo Marcos. Uh, excuse me. And uh, in this issue, he's given the Star Scepter and they are immediately attacked by this asshole named Nikon. Uh, well, they, they do this whole thing where uh, Courtney is falling and... Brian uses the staff to fly to her, uh, but then it turns out it's not actually Courtney. While he's going to her, he is attacked by a random beam. He manages to save her. There's an explanation that he only gets 15 minutes of flight time, any longer than that, and he's going to drop drop out of the sky <laughs> like uh, fucking uh, Dave Chappelle and Con Air. And... Uh, they come under attack from Nikon, who's like throwing bits of me bits of uh, the planet at them. Nikon summons an army, and while Brian fights the army, Merlin takes on Nikon. Nikon is defeated, uh, but then Merlin's like, "So we have a problem. Uh, if your brain is too away from your body for too long, uh, you're you're gonna die." Uh, but I just spent all my power defeating Nikon. So, uh, you're stuck here. <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, I guess my question would be, what the fuck was Rona during, doing during that? Why can't she teleport him back to Earth? But we don't address that, apparently. So, what did you think? Okay, um... I think I enjoyed it. This is one of those um, weird backwards. You know how normally we'll read something and I won't really like it or I won't love it while we're reading it, but after, when we're talking through it, we'll find things that we really like. Uh -huh. This is one where I, with the exception of the Lord Hawk stuff, which was really dumb, and then a couple of things during the uh, the 
skull arc. I was really enjoying most of this. I thought it was a strong outing. Um, it was a good Captain Britain introduction throughout all of it. Um, I liked all of that. And then, but as we're talking through it, I'm just like, holy shit. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Let's move on. Um, but it's it's a reverse of what we usually get. Usually I, I end up liking something as we talked it through it. And this time I was just like, man, I didn't like this as much. Um, like I said, I still really liked the costume. I liked uh, most of the interactions with Cap. Uh, yeah. It ended in a nice place where it's like, how are we going to get out? A good, how are we going to get out of this one without his body dying? Right. Uh, I imagine they'll just, I haven't read 37 yet, but I imagine that they just magic their way out of it. Um, Probably. And. Yep. Okay. Hey, what did you think? Uh, there were. I like the fact that Brian is directly responsible for, like, everything that happened this week in some form or another. Like, every problem that they ran into kind of finds its way back to Brian. It's like Peter Parker dialed up to 11. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I enjoyed that. I do. I do feel like it's going to wind up... If that continues, it's going to wind up that I, I'm really tired of, in every adaptation of Spider-Man, he has a personal connection to his villains. Like, Doc Ock is, his t is like a guy he meets in Spider-Man 2, or in the game... He's his former teacher and now his boss or whatever. Green Goblin. It's his friend's dad. Sandman. He killed his uncle. Like, there's always a personal connection. I like that in this instance, but I feel like if it continues, I will get as sick of it as I am with Spider-Man. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the actual book, uh, I thought the art was generally pretty effective and well done um especially once it did go black and white because yeah it has to it has to uh convey that much more in black and white um but otherwise yeah it was it was okay it was a lot like not just in terms of uh the number of issues we read but also like I said, it was it was a it was Michael Bay levels of just like everything is happening at once. Yeah, and I get it, but it's also fucking tiring. So, yeah, uh, it was a lot this week. <laughs> I uh, on the one hand, I'm glad that we did condense these issues down to a single episode because I can't imagine doing two weeks of this. Uh, but by the same token, man, this was a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. Top five. Top five. 
the Watcher's Guide's Top 5. Number five, uh, Betsy got a murder with an axe. I I don't know why it was. She looks deranged in the panel, and that's why she does. I loved it. Uh, mm. And number four, whoops, no pockets. Bye. <laughs> uh, him piecing out on the taxi driver. Uh, number three, and this was the thing that I noticed more in the I guess the first arc with Red Skull was Captain Britain pushes down a lot of cops I mean it's mostly Di Thomas and that's kind of it's worth pointing out the Red Skull was not the first arc we read this week remember that was Dr. Sin oh yeah right. it just took up so much time you forgot (laughs) anyway sorry go ahead Okay, so yeah, in the Doctor, it's actually, yeah, you're right. It is in the Doctor Sin arc and in the Skull arc that he pushes over a lot of cops um, to get away. I don't know. It just is like, it's a it's a habit, man. Uh, probably yeah. ought to break that one down. Uh, number two, just assume it's always the Red Skull. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's what I was doing. And then uh, number one. Uh, Brian thinks relationships kill family members. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. And he almost had that thought reinforced at the beginning of this week. Um, so that's me. Cool. Well, uh, <clears throat> number five, I am really glad the bomb pop is gone. Uh, that was the weakest part of the design for Captain Britain. Yeah. I get I get that the red, white, and blue, like, yeah, it's it's part of the it's part of the flag and you're doing kind of like a riff on Captain America's shield, but it looks like a popsicle. Don't do that. Well, it, looks, it looks bad. And, and the you're other bad thing, for designing this. <laughs> the other thing I kept meaning to bring up then got distracted and forgot was that um, artist to artist and even panel to panel, they could not agree on how goddamn long that thing was. It was as long as it needed to be based on the panel. It extends though, dude. It extends a certain amount when he first gets it, but like it's never been explained to me or I never remember it being explained that it can extend even further. The first button. The yeah. second button is the shield, is the force field. The third blows up walls or whatever the first button causes the staff to extend or retract okay i thought it extended to a certain point i i don't know that we have been given an upper limit on how far it can extend but all right it can extend to several times the length of brian's body i think all right well uh it's gone i don't know it's gone now it, yeah, but for all we know, this one can extend too. I don't know. Um, uh, so yeah, my my major issue is they can't seem to decide what the colors are. Like, because sometimes there will be blue in a certain spot, and then in the very next panel it'll be white, and the blue is somewhere else. And it's just like, just pick a color scheme. Yeah, like. 
if if people are out here coloring cap shield they don't just say well i think the i think the star should be blue like you know but yeah um so for mine number five is uh like i said the bomb pop is gone uh number four die thomas's superiors are fucking terrible at their jobs yes number three uh the uh excuse me uh number three yeah betsy looked fucking deranged yeah number two is uh is uh I took a different tack with this because you you said that uh, Brian thinks that uh, relationships cause dead relatives. Uh, I went with knowing Brian means that at some point you're gonna try and kill him. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then my number one is the stealthy Nazis. Uh, Oh, yeah. I... I like the idea of these Nazis being like an army of Ralph Wiggums that are just like in a tree with no leaves wearing their bright green and red uniforms. And they're just like, I'm stealthy. (laughs) You can't see me. So, yeah, now we know why... Why the uh, the forces of uh, of Germany wa- lost that and every other war? Uh, so uh, that uh, that brings us uh, to the end of this episode. Next week we have some power man for the first time in a while yeah um i have to remember some marvel two in one and then a bit of a run of fantastic four so uh join us for that and then uh in the meantime like us on facebook follow us both individually and at watchers guide mu uh email us at watchersguide at gmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com um buy comics now that they're coming out again and uh have a marvelous week bye just don't buy them on the website apparently because that is verboten yeah but otherwise buy them bye bye